0: Are you short-staffed? Are you not trading to your full capacity? Are the same old ways of recruiting just not working? Are your recruitment costs escalating? Are you finding careers fairs and job boards less effective? Are you really targeting the people that you want? You can with Hospitality Rising. Hospitality Rising is a modern and relevant way to make hospitality a true career of choice. We've delivered over 55,000 real applications and over 10 million TikTok views in just 12 weeks. Join the revolution, let's stand together and rise up together to grab the talent we all deserve. And with six-month packages available from just £5 per employee, the real question is, why have you not invested in the future of hospitality? For more information and to invest, just email hello at hospitalityrising.org. That's hello at hospitalityrising.org. I'm Mark McCulloch, the founder of Hospitality Rising. Thanks for listening.
1: Super
0: Sonic.
1: Super Sonic.
2: Supersonic. Super Sonic. Super Sonic. Super Sonic.
1: Super Sonic. Super Sonic. Super Sonic.
0: Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks and tails to help your brand boom this podcast is sponsored by vita mojo the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow atv reduce tech complexity and serve guests better
2: Hey there, my name is Paul Barron. I'm the founder of I Am Donna. We are the restaurant chain on a mission to revolutionise the kebab. In 2016, we opened our first site in Leeds with massive ambitions to go global. But first, we needed a change. Being a chef, I've always been a bit sceptical about being pushed down the technological route. But what it's done for labour and customer service has completely changed the game for us. We partnered with Vita Mojo to introduce their all-in-one restaurant platform. We now take 100% of our orders digitally through kiosks, click and collect and delivery channels. We've waved goodbye to the manual processing of delivery orders as we now have all our delivery partners integrated through VitaMojo. We only need to do one menu push when updating menus across all platforms. Orders from all channels come into one screen in the kitchen, making the operation faster and more efficient. The throughput is four times faster and we've seen a 35% increase in ATV. Our partnership with VitaMojo has transformed I am Donna. It's a massive part of our revolution. Find out more at vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic
0: I'm about to reveal hospitality's best kept secret. HDI are a mind-blowing hospitality data insight provider working with over 50 different businesses from pubs and bars to casual dining QSR and coffee Since 2017, they've led the way creating incredible insights from debit and credit card spending. If you want to know the customer profile and performance of every site on your street, which brands are performing best, or where else your customers go, give HDI a shout. For mind-blowing hospitality data insights based on real credit card and debit card data, contact hello at hdinsights.com. That's hello at hdinsights.com. So today... Hello... I'm coming live and direct from Brighton Beach. You might not be able to hear the seagulls, the wind, or the pebbles, but that is due to my new podcasting gear, the Rode Wireless 2Go. I'm not sponsored by them, but I love their stuff and I'd really recommend checking it out if you're doing any recording. The little sort of wind protectors, wind shields, wind muffs that go on top really do a great job. So you can sound this crystal clear, which is quite incredible. So no doubt as I'm doing this, there'll be some sort of reversing vehicle or motorbike or something will happen, but hopefully not. So as I look out into the sea and beyond, if I just turn right, I can see Worthing in the distance and then it will be... Oh God, my geography's terrible. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of England. Then if you look further, obviously you'll be hitting the Atlantic and that's where we're going next, right across the Atlantic to New York City. And we're going to see a great friend and great colleague and also peer, who is another double M. It's Mark Maynard. And Mark worked for many, many years with Danny Mayer and the Union Square Hospitality Group, rose through the ranks there and then became a co-creator and co-founder of many of their best loved brands, including Porchlight and Blue Smoke. So he did an incredible job there. Mark is now turning his attention to helping others, sharing his wisdom and guiding others to have the great success that he experienced being part of Union Square Hospitality Group. And also, if you stick to the very end, some of Mark's tips on how to actually write your job posts to get hiring diversity into your organisation is absolute gold. Please don't skip to the end. Please listen through but it's so fascinating. So he's such a warm person. We got on like a house and fire the first time we met over in Kiev, and we've stayed in touch ever since. And isn't it lovely that you get to meet people like that, humans like that through what you do. It's just the best thing in the world. So anyway, here's Mark. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the end of the episode. (coughs) So it gives me the most M&M pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is the ex-managing partner, co-founder, director of operations at Union Square Hospitality Group Brands, lecturer at Cornell, New York University, and now the chief at Maynard Consulting. It's only Mr. Mark Maynard. Woo! hello. Hello, Mark. Barry. Great to see you, man. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, it's, it's it's been a year almost, I think. Yeah, I guess we were in, uh, we were in Hawksmoor last, or was it, or was mm-hmm. it Balthazar? I'm trying to remember. Uh, we we went to
0: London. Balthazar, we met at Balthazar, and um, yeah, we, we, we met up um, and we had a little coffee mm-hmm. and, um, or maybe a cocktail.
3: I think you had a cocktail, I had a coffee.
0: Okay, that sounds about right. I <laughs> was sort of I was sort of semi on holiday. I was out with um yeah. arc inspirations and we were doing the food tours and and all these. And I think they might have just have departed at that point. So I was kind of mm-hmm. getting into holiday mode. And then yeah. you very thoughtfully took me to a sneaker store. Yep. Which was super was cool. Pretty was great.
3: It, what was it called? Kith. Uh yes. Kith, Kith. Yeah. Kith. Yeah, on uh, on Lafayette, yeah. the East Village of New York City. And and was it near Bleecker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, we were, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, Lafayette and Bleecker. And I didn't pretty, buy pretty anything. Great. I didn't buy anything. I was really <laughs> impressed by your self-control, which is which is pretty great. Uh, I, I think really... you were the only person not buying something.
0: Well, and I, and I think what made me so surprised as well was um, they had a little food outlet within it, and it was, was it doing, Smoothies or concretes or something in there? Something like that, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was it was pretty busy. Yep. Yeah, it, it was, was. Yeah, it was. It was pretty pretty busy. And then after I left you, I went to a pub to watch the basketball, and the right, lady took it. pity on me because all I think there must have been another game on of of another sport, and it was just me that wanted to see the basketball. But bless her, she turned one TV for me
4: <laughs> so that I
0: could just sit and watch it. <laughs> that's but, hospitality. Oh well, yeah, it was it was fantastic, but the thing I was thinking about was the prices, you know, and it was getting really. I was quite surprised. Standard sports kind of pub place, yeah. I think it was like $16, sixteen, eighteen for a main sort of like a burger, yep.
3: seven for a beer. Cocktails sounds- were about
0: sixteen, maybe.
3: Yeah, that sounds. I mean, it's New York has very few restaurants with cocktails under 20 now, wow. you know, for, for like a, you know, a, a full service restaurant. There's a lot of, a lot of, you know, pubs type bars that have, you know, $16 gin and tonics, yeah. which is, which is pretty crazy. That's you know, scary. meaning like ca- casual places that would have normally been a 10 or $12
0: drink. And also, I mean, I'm thinking about places like Campbell Apartments and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I I wonder mm-hmm. what it is in there these days. It's like in
3: there, it's 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 nothing's under twenty. Um, I go in and out of Grand Central all the time, so yeah, yeah. that's probably, They have a lot in the you know $20, 24 twenty four dollar range. You know, you're paying for the real estate there. You know, to yeah, yeah. or that's what yeah. that's what they believe anyway. Yeah,
0: well, I get taken to it one of the times I think I used to go out with Barclay car to to New York quite often, yeah. and when I went there, um. You know someone kind of showed me it was like this place behind the curtain and i think yeah, they were like cool. you're scottish you you love this kind of thing and it, i did right. i thought it was like yeah. a real nice little secret right. bar to go to
3: well yeah there's so many of those places in new york which are in old buildings and you can't see how cool it is from from the front i mean not not like under other cities you know on un, not unlike other cities yeah you know where you would you would just walk past it and you know most people do there because they're just running for their train yeah. Well, I think that's one of the best things about New York, you know, if
0: you're lucky enough to go and you have friends there that can show you the real deal, right? you right. know, yep. and you don't just do the normal sites and stuff, you know, right. that's what I've always enjoyed, you know, when yeah. someone's showing me around.
3: Yeah. And especially if you have time, you know, that's why I think a lot of time the Europeans love New York so much because, you know, in, in the United States, we all get a week off every once in a while, mm. you know, whereas like, the Australians coming, you know, if they're coming all the way to the United States, they'll be here for a month, right? Yeah. Or the, you know, Europeans, you know, they, you know, they'll take a few few weeks off and they'll they'll spend 10 days in New York City. New Yorkers don't spend 10 days in New York City, you know. So it's <laughs> pretty crazy. It's it's great. And so if you can do that, you can still do the sites, you know, the things that you think you have to do, you know, the yeah. Empire State Building or whatever, but you can also get into the neighborhoods. And that's where I think, you know the magic is, is really happening is in some of the neighborhoods. Yeah. And
0: it's going to be a hard question for you to answer, but
3: mm-hmm. because
0: you live, you've lived in New York and you're living mm-hmm. just outside now and mm-hmm. New York's normal to you. Right. Like, do, do you get used to it? Do you get sick of it? Do you, Does the magic yeah. go? Uh, the,
3: so here, here's, I'm, I'm going to answer that with an anecdote. Um, I was uh, about, 25 years ago, I was taking a train from Florence, uh, Italy up through Switzerland. Um, I think, I can't remember where my ultimate destination, I, Copenhagen, that's what I, so it was a long, and I got on the train and there were these, uh, two, uh, Swiss college students, you know, they, they got on somewhere and I'm, my head was sort of, my nose was touching the, uh, the window looking out of these mountains, right. Yeah. And there, they're doing their homework with their heads down, you yeah. know? And I was thinking, and I saw, I actually said to one of them, you don't look out. He's like, we live here. It's no big deal for us, <laughs> you know? And I said, well, do you appreciate it? And he said, oh, we still think it's beautiful, but we don't need to look up all the time. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of how I feel about New York. Um, I actually had breakfast with someone uh, from the UK the other day. And, you know, he kept getting bumped and, and uh, you know, by the New Yorkers, because it was like 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, and you know he was looking up and of course and that's how you tell the difference between a new yorker and a non-new yorker is that new yorkers are looking down and everyone else is looking up yeah Um, but i still think it's special you know i I think it's it's pretty great and and yet i also take it for granted like i think most new yorkers
0: yeah it is quite funny that rudeness stroke just assertiveness you know Right, right um and when I was out, you know, the time I met you last this time last mm-hmm. year, I remember I think a couple of us just stepped it, it like stopped for like a right. second, you know. Yeah, you can't do that. And then I think we're just gonna look at our phone, and then this um, you know, guy really kind of put me in my place and was like, yeah, really convenient place to stand, and I was like, okay, and but the UK rage. Right. is going on yeah. you you're about to go especially yeah. the Scottish yeah. and you're about you're right. talking to me or you talk right, right. you know yeah. and you want to go and have a word with them. but um but he was right you know what i was yeah. in his way and you know i get that and how many people in new
3: york i mean uh nine million yeah yeah something like that yeah and and you know i think there's a lot of rules in new york that people don't know and, and like that's one of them you can stop all you want just go lean up against the building yeah you know don't do it on the curb side do it on the building side
4: yeah, you know?
3: yeah and there's like a passing zone you know what I mean there, there's a passing zone and a, and a commuting zone and then a you know do nothing zone, you know a smoking weed uh or a cigarette zone you know which is now everyone in New York is is leaning up against the building smoking weed you yeah know, that's the, yeah
0: is that the latest thing
3: it's the well since you know since it's been legalized uh-huh. um you know I think alcohol sales are going down but you know weed weed sales are going up And where do you get weed
0: now? Like, is is off license type liquor store selling it?
3: Yeah, Uh, they're dispensaries. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know that. It's state by state, but yeah. And will that creep into hospitality? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, like for example, could could one day a fancy hotel have in the minibar? You know, edibles or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a that's a good question. I don't know. You have a lot of hotel friends. You should ask them.
0: I definitely should. You know, I've just I've just been watching Shrinking on Apple TV, uh, Mm -hmm. and Harris. Well, no no spoiler alert, but Harrison Ford has one too many edibles, and it's um, yeah, quite quite fun. (laughs) He's he's very un-Harrison Ford about it. So (laughs) I guess um, how we originally met was we were in Kiev. And it's kind of funny because I think, you know, you're super busy doing your stuff. I think I was super busy as well. And then we got a call from Julia at Restart yeah. to go, Do you want to come and do this? And it was really outside my comfort zone. You know? Really? Yeah. You, just, see, you were a natural. I learned a lot from your from your talk. I well, I really enjoyed it. I mean, speaking that I love and I think it was more I'm very used to Europe and Australia and America for work. You know, mm-hmm. but just going that little bit further, I was a bit wasn't sure what to expect. I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know, but you know, made um, some great connections. So your, your good self, Joe Warwick, yeah. as yeah. well. If you remember, Joe,
3: yeah, yeah I saw him in London uh, last year.
0: So. Yeah, well, he's doing great because he's um, now working at uh, sort of the the restaurant at the moment called mm-hmm. Bouchon Racine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's sort uh, doing a bit of GMing and, and, and work there sort of thing um, and uh, yeah it's just every food critic's going bananas for it but it's yeah. things like yeah. super French cooking so it's things like calf's brain and right. all these kind of quite right. quite yeah. extreme um, but the, the foodies are loving it because it's yeah. a proper restaurant um, right. as opposed to something else which is cool mm-hmm. so what's going on with you right now then so you're in NYC What what's happening? Yeah
3: yeah. So I had a, um, uh, about a year ago, actually a year ago, a couple of days ago, I left uh, union square hospitality group after 30 years. And after kind of hanging around for about six months, uh, I, uh, decided to start a consulting firm. And so right now that's what I'm doing. I spent, I spent sort of September through December, uh, getting the firm launched and doing all the legal stuff and all the marketing things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, website and all that good stuff. And, uh, so really officially about two months ago, I, I launched, uh, Maynard consulting and, and, uh, being from the hospitality industry, that's kind of where I'm leading, but I'm not exclusively, uh, working with hospitality clients. Um, but, but basically how I, how I've been saying is that I, I help, you know, this is, this is a little bit of a pitch, I guess, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a marketing guy, you can, you can rate it. You know, I, I, um, uh, I help leaders, uh, define goals and then create systems to achieve them. Mm -hmm. Um, now, interestingly, my first couple of clients, um, my first client had nothing to do with, uh, restaurants and bars, um, they're, they're a museum and they reached out to me because they wanted to improve their visitor experience. Uh, so with someone like that, I'm, I'm working and, and, you know, helping them with training and. You know creating manuals but also sort of implementing sort of restaurant thought mm-hmm. into a space that doesn't normally have restaurant thought mm-hmm. um and we can talk about that and and you know i have someone who's developing a new a new a new building into a country club and someone who has a cafe that isn't doing it as well as he would like and so i'm helping him with like the real getting into the weeds of you know the p l and and customer service and staff training mm-hmm. um and, you know, so I think, and I'm also, uh, I'm becoming an executive coach, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. So I'm taking, I'm doing about 10 hours a week, uh, working on that towards that, um, there's something called the international coaching federation, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm, I'm hoping to get, uh, or I'm working to get credentialed in that. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, Doing stuff like this, hanging out with yeah. people like you, which is great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well uh, loitering. Well, I think there's a yeah, couple right. of
0: things <laughs> I think there's a couple of things, you know, that we've talked about when we last met, but also mm-hmm. just yeah. thinking back to my last podcast episode with Andrea from Pret, and she, she was said, great, that, by the way. Oh she yeah, she's yeah. top top notch. Um, but she said something lovely and she said she's going to spend the rest of her career sharing. All these great stories about mm-hmm. you know, and and sharing that experience and helping guide people, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and as an outsider looking in, if you don't mind me saying, I think that's what you'll be great at, you know. Thank you. Um, yeah.
3: That's, yeah. That's that's exactly what I hope to do, and and you know, it's funny because I've been within the same ecosystem for for so long, you oh. know. Um, it's been really, uh, which was really tremendous. I mean, like, I have no complaints. Um. But now to do it on my own, it's 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 really great to to talk about to talk with to speak with people with different challenges from different yeah. industries. You know, outside of New York, you know, I'm yeah. speaking to people in in Scotland and in Texas and in Los Angeles, and and it's it's great to get a different worldview for myself. Yeah, uh, because the struggles aren't identical. There's a lot of universal human challenge that we all have, but mm. um, it's interesting to hear how things are going in you know London uh yeah. or or in you know northern Spain compared to you know what's happening here in New York City. Definitely. And and I think,
0: you know, I have to say the time that you took and the investment that you made in Maynard Consulting, the mm. website looks fabulous. Um oh, thank you. You know, the the logo's great. And Thanks. very rarely as a consultant's logo great. Um you. so I, you know, and and I haven't had the chance to say to you, but I was sort of poking around um, the last few days before we were chatting, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is great." And then I love the the images of you. I think they just portray you as you. You know, they're so you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was it,
3: really happy great. with that. That uh, you know, it and you know, you're a personal brand. You're a branding guy, right? And so, boy, you know, doing it for someone else, even though it's it's exciting. You know, I I created a lot of several brands with you know Danny Meyer and USHG, but. Doing it for yourself, it's totally different because yeah. if you're wrong, it's it affects you personally only. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, Whereas if you, if you get a menu design wrong or something like that, you can always fix it and yeah, like ah, no one, no one will really notice that.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it is it's key to give yourself a break. Um, but it is it's difficult, and then I guess that means that I can always sympathize with the person that's maybe started that company Mm -hmm. or that brand because that is their personal brand in a lot of ways and then that's when you maybe see something else that they don't see that it's a tough conversation right or the other way that you are getting it wrong and and you know they're Mm -hmm. they're not happy with the the, the output but but I think as you say when you go into these companies that there's a little bit of me that goes I surely they've got this covered you know some great brands get in touch with with me and you and they they say oh can you help and you're like surely you know what you're doing and then you go on the
3: inside and you're like oh my god you don't you know like i I can really help
0: you which is which is pleasing
3: yeah but i think also you know this is interesting because you know i know a lot of your listeners are you know they own they own businesses or whether they're in marketing or in hotels and restaurants um sometimes Interestingly, and one of, one of my clients, who I've, obviously I can't name, um, they asked me to help them with something, and in my discovery process, which I do, which most good consultants would do, um, I had to sit the client down and say, "I know you've asked me to come and do this, but I can't do that until we talk about, you know, the elephant in the room." And that was that there were some real leadership challenges in the organization. It was a big organization. And so instead of us spending the first four months on what we thought we were going to do, we spent the first four months reorganizing the organizational chart of this yeah. organization. And then she had to execute. So, in some ways, it was frustrating for me because, like, oh, but I wanted to do this other thing. Yeah. But our roots got so much deeper because she didn't even know I could do that. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, and I believe it's going to be more sustainable now because the right people are in the right seats on the bus to actually implement the changes that she that she wants, which yeah. I think is really cool, really cool.
0: Well, it, it takes a brave client though to say yes to you to do that. Oh my goodness,
3: you know And and that's a really good that's a really good word because it's easy for me to say, oh, it's very clear what, what needs to happen. but sometimes like you just said, you need that outside perspective. Yeah, you know, you need that outside perspective. And but so many
0: clients will just go, you know, eighty percent of them or whatever or more will go, yeah, and ask you to fix that, and you're like, right. yeah, but just stay in your lane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's kind of like, no, no, but there's a ton of problems that you know that, that's right. leading to that. Um, just while we're on the consultancy trip for now, and then obviously we'll, we'll get into how you got here and, and all that sure. great stuff. I'm just thinking about, there's a couple of new friends um, that have started consultancies as well. And mm-hmm. they're asking things like, you know, what do you do? And do you get a business card anymore? And just all these myriad yeah. of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got any like top tips or advice for for, for starting out on your own?
3: Yeah, I, I would. Um, so, you know, really, first of all, I think this is a little bit more of a life habit thing. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that is was challenging for me you know, especially since I took almost a year off, was, was uh, maintaining discipline. And when you know, you have a job where you, you know have to be there at nine in the morning, or, or compared to them being a consultant. Um, one of the things is that I made promises to myself, and one of them was, you will wake up every day by 7am. Mm. And you won't turn on the television before noon. And that was especially important before I had clients, because I wanted to make sure that I had um, three or four hours of productive, something. Yeah. Before I started, you know, doing nothing, you know? Um, and eventually just because I worked on that discipline, I, you know, the, the, the TV time started getting later and later because I was really getting motivated by doing stuff related to the business. Um, so there was that, that's, um, the, the other thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm using LinkedIn a lot now, um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty funny because, when you work for a famous restaurateur or famous entrepreneur or whatever, I kind of didn't love LinkedIn because 99.9% of the people were trying to sell me a new POS system or a new, you know, software or something like that. And so I felt people were pretty disingenuous. Um, But since I've now crossed the Rubicon into the other world, and now I'm connecting with different sorts of people, People are actually really helpful and supportive on LinkedIn. And and I've chosen that because, uh, well, first of all, TikTok, who knows what's going to happen in, in, in the United States with TikTok, you know, this keeps getting threatened that they're going to yeah. get rid of it, which I don't um, think
0: it's going anywhere. Do you? I don't
3: think so either. Nah. No, I, don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but uh, so there's, you know, so I think just finding your sort of channel, whatever it is, it could be hmm. TikTok, it could be Instagram, it could be, you know, probably not. Maybe Facebook, I guess. You know, like the bartender community is uh really big on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bar consultant of some sort, maybe get involved with Facebook. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really use Facebook. Um and Twitter uh just scares me. So you know just... <laughs> why <laughs> um, why
0: does it scare you?
3: I don't know. It's kind of like Reddit to me, which is like it's just like it's so much piling on. Um it's just, you know. <laughs> I, I just, you know, doom scrolling. I can, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I, I can just see myself like, how did it get to be three in the morning? I made my promise. <laughs> I'll get up before seven. Be now. Yeah. And then the other thing is, um, for me, this is what I did. Um, partially using LinkedIn, but also just, you know, I know a lot of people is, <clears throat> excuse me, I would um, reach out to two people a day. And I, I'm still doing that. I'm mm-hmm. still doing that. And it's really exhausting. It's really, really, really exhausting. And so what I do is, is you know, every Sunday night I put a list together and I say, okay, these are 10 people I'm going to reach out to this week. Yep. And I can't say that it's very fun. Um, <laughs> but if someone just returned an email, hey, it's so great to hear from you. I would, of course, love to have lunch with you you know, let's talk. And, you know, I'd say, but there's probably like 25% of the people don't return. You know, there's always, I'm not cold calling people. It's, yeah. it's more like um, people that I have some connection to. And, you know, I think some people will have this, a similar thing. If over the years you've been good at helping other people, mm. they'll remember that. Yeah. And, and, you know, a few weeks ago, I, um, I had coffee with someone and she said to me, you probably don't even know what you did for my career. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, you wrote a letter of recommendation. And, but not only that, you made a phone call on my behalf. um, And this was like in the nineties. Wow. And, and she had remembered that. And so she was like, I was so honored that I could help you. You know, she's someone who has a full career now. And I didn't even remember this. I, you know, someone I'd been out of touch with her for like eight or 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so if you've lived that kind of life and i didn't know i had but i guess i had yeah, um yeah. Or, you know i'd helped some people out and and so they've been willing or you know even a winemaker i know yeah you always bought my you always bought my wine even though no one knew what it was yeah who yeah.
0: well i do you know I, I think about this often and i think past me not that i'm trying to speak in a jay-z third person kind of way yeah, right. but I think past me often where that stuff happened. So a, a real mm-hmm. example was I did some work with Red Carnation Hotels mm-hmm. and uh and it was the marketing director was going off on maternity and she asked me to come and sit in while she was away. And I said to her one of the days, because you know, I'm I'm always a bit like, you you want me? Like, you know, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't think it's a humble thing. I'm just like, yeah. are you sure? You know, you don't want a proper grown-up. <laughs> and 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 then I'm just like, why why did you pick me, you know? And there was a couple of other bits, obviously, you know, I was qualified and whatever. But she said, Do you know, when we were at lastminute.com together, um, which was a travel company, <laughs> um she said, you were just always really nice to me in the kitchen, like we were waiting for the kettle to boil or the microwave to finish Sure, <laughs> And you're like, oh, and, and you kind of thank you 10 yeah. years ago, 15 right. years ago, and you right. go, I must be okay, you know, if I'm doing yeah. things like that.
1: Hey, I'm Sam from Airship and Tuggle. You might remember me from hospitality marketing campaigns such as Jetpack Santa, Toggle Time 2, or anything that involves Chico from the X Factor. Well, now, we're delighted to be supporting the latest series of the Supersonic Hospitality Marketing Podcast and the wonderful human that is Mark McCulloch. Airship is the CRM system built specifically for hospitality, which integrates with over 100 tech platforms, including Vita Mojo. Hey, guys, fancy seeing you here, and allows you to build personalized automated marketing journeys for your customers. Toggle is the hospitality gift card platform that integrates with your existing EPOS and allows you to sell physical and digital cards as well as experiences, retail items, tickets and more, both online and in venue. Both platforms are currently available half price as part of our budget proof campaign as we aim to support our sector the best way we know how. You can learn more at airship.co.uk or use Toggle.com or you can just drop me an email at sam at (laughs) airship.co.uk
0: A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugarboat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the Robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. I uh, was lucky enough to spend some time with Gary V um, when he was starting oh, yeah. out in, in in London. And we went for a meeting in the Hoxton and, you know, when it was getting filmed and all it was over exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what he said. And you know, he has the meeting with you, and then at the end he'll go, What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. you're like, uh, not really sure and he just said look here's my number yeah you can call me anytime and if if I'm in the country and if I'm available I'll go to any meeting with you you want you tell me mm-hmm. and his yeah. thought process was if you had a meeting with let's say Fullers, which was a really example at the time I used to work with Fullers, at like London Pride and all these things mm-hmm. and um, and he said well that person that you're meeting they are one person in the meeting that's the junior. Will become the marketing director of Budweiser or Stella Artois mm-hmm. wouldn't he mm-hmm. that's how it And it was just
3: like whoa oh my yeah. god that's a great thought you know and he's but, a he's a great example of someone to follow on on LinkedIn you know yeah. because his his whole sort of ethos is the sense of abundance mm. and and you know I mean it, I I remember when he took over I think it's his father's wine store yeah. you know the wine library you know, which was like two miles from where I I was living uh, for like twenty five years. Have you and, been? Have uh, you been? Oh yeah, tons of times. Oh, wow! Of times. Wow! Wow! But wow. it's just it's just like a wine store. Yeah,
0: that would that would be it, it, quite special for
3: me. But it was it was more it's you know on like in a strip mall in in New Jersey, you know, like. Yeah. But it was more like what he did with that because yeah. this was you know he, we're growing online stuff and and you know which didn't really exist. Um, because you know the United States is a Puritanical society, and so you know you couldn't sell stuff online, and so yeah. he created this whole thing over this wine store, yeah. you know, which is yeah. which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and he just ground it out. You know, it was was you yeah. know here's here's the YouTube show, two viewers, ten viewers, twenty viewers, right. and you know, I right. mean, it was classic. You know, hard yeah. hard grind that worked really well. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back a bit then. So that's great advice sure. in terms of. Um, you know, starting the consulting. And and just the other, the the last thing I was saying this is, I've got a lot of friends who left jobs and then they go, I'm going to be a consultant. And you say, oh, Mm -hmm. good. Uh, And and the first thing they're saying is, I'm going to drop the kids off at school. I'm going to go cycling. I'm going to, and you're Mm -hmm. like, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, if you're a good consultant, you probably yeah. aren't going to have time for any of that, you know. Um, yeah so yeah, good luck with that. You know, drop the yeah, kids thank off you. The school. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I guess um just in terms of the hospitality scene right now, sure. Um, you know, what's going on there? So we've got a bit of a I mean it's not quite a UK invasion, it's a couple of missiles, yeah. maybe. Um, but we've got Hawksmoor on the go. Uh, St. John's going to Ace Hotel mm-hmm. downtown Brooklyn. I was I was staying near that um, as well. So that's quite exciting. Um, is is it be- a talkable
3: thing that the UK's doing things out there, or is it quite low key? I don't I don't think it's. It, it probably when you get a third or fourth is when it'll start to uh, yeah. you know be seen as a British invasion or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, um, but I think you know it's interestingly you know uh, speaking to the you know some of the the british folk who are here in new york um you know they're they're experience, experiencing the same struggle that other people around the world are experiencing mm-hmm. you know with staffing and and inflation and and things like that but i think it's um look i think it's great i think it's the more the merrier um especially if there's um you know, if, if they're doing something a little different or or you know, um I mean I think it takes real uh I don't know, cojones. I don't know what you what you yeah. can say. On yeah, photo, we can that. Know, to, I'll, uh, I'll out. Yeah, right. <laughs> to to bring a steakhouse to New York City. I mean, yeah. I think that's great. I yeah. I, th- I think that's great. And I hope they're doing well and and uh you know, they were like like a lot of places, you know, they were slated to open, uh, I think on like April 1st, uh, 2020, you know, so they, uh, you know, they got, they lost a couple of years, like, like all of us. Um, uh, but yeah, I wish them all the best. And, and, and I look, if you're coming from a place like London, it's not like New York's much more expensive, Mm. you know? Um, I don't see people coming from other places so much, Mm. you know, because New York is, I mean, just, astronomically expensive in terms of real estate and yeah i mean real real estate is really where it's it's just crazy right yeah now. well i mean I,
0: I, we, we were lucky enough to get a talk from the, the hawksmoor uh, guys when mm-hmm. we were out there with our Inspirations, and you know that was kind of good and they were saying the difference really was them cooking on charcoal mm-hmm. etc you know like no one's really doing that uh right. at any scale um right. and they then understood why you know because the red tape round about yeah. it was yeah. like yeah. you know a shocker so you know and then i think they had an original site that was going to happen and then it didn't happen so then it kind of moved and mm-hmm. and you know and Hawk's is a very 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 special brand and and high standard so it had to be the right place for it right. as well right. um yeah. but it was so pleasing to see you know there was like families in there having a dinner and yeah, um, you great. know of date nights and mates in and and work, what workers after and the bar was busy and
3: yeah it was yeah. fantastic and yeah I, I drank there a couple of weeks ago with uh garrett oliver the brewmaster of uh, oh Brooklyn. yeah so he's very cool he, he's great and he had never been and so i i wanted to take him there so that was, He'd never that was pretty been. Cool. He, had, he had never been no i mean you know so oh. that was and and you know it's great because they have a great bar menu um you know so we just had some you know clams and snacks and cocktails. It was great. Did you have I a shaky
0: pizza. pizza? Of course I had a oh, shaky pizza. It's the yeah. Best. yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's delicious. And the, the, I'm not drinking at the moment, so the mm-hmm. alcohol-free version is absolutely fantastic yeah, it is. as well. Yep. Oh, yep. really burns your throat. Fantastic. Yeah. So let's go back then. So um, you uh, went to uni in an odd place. Well, you might
3: think it's <laughs> bad. Well, odd for a New Yorky person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I studied landscape architecture at Cornell, which was which was great. Um, and uh, so that was, you know, that was I was always kind of an artsy kid. And, oh, and no, I was uh, I was thinking about Manchester. Oh, that was oh, so that was actually part of my. So I actually this is cool because yeah. I I applied as part of my landscape architecture thing uh Cornell had this grant program that uh-huh. I applied for and I won the grant. Wow. And part of the grant proposal is you had to uh create a one year plan in your career of doing research in a certain thing. Uh-huh. And so my research was on the uh the garden festivals of uh Great Britain is what it was called not United Kingdom I don't know and this is in the 80s uh and and um Germany and West Germany of course because Germany was still yeah uh, separated and so for that I had to spend about 18 months in the UK and Germany um and the firm that was doing uh all of this work um in the UK was based in Manchester right right um Shoot, what's the name of the famous? Uh, uh, oh my goodness, department store. Um, uh, what, the Trafford Center, Selfridges? no is right in the no it wasn't it wasn't that far out it was right in the middle i'll think about it and you can we can cut it back in okay but, yeah yeah uh, oh sorry um, and, just,
0: and just as a disclaimer nothing weird about cornell sorry <laughs> okay
3: got it <laughs> so just yeah so it's great and and it's funny because um someone i um knew was a famous uh hotel hotel guy mm. and he they lived in london and so i i visited them for a few days when i first moved to the uk and i said i've been offered two jobs one in london and one in manchester and this is a guy who's probably you know he's in his 50s or 60s he he owned hotels around the world Mm -hmm. and he said mark london's always going to be here manchester is where 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 it's at right now you should go to manchester I didn't even know what Manchester was other than the Smiths. Yep. You know, that, that, like that's what I knew about Manchester. And so, um, so it was great. So I went up to Manchester and it was, it was fantastic because I was the only American like that most of these people had ever met. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was, I mean, it was great. It's great to be, you know, 20, 21 years old and be, you know, treated like royalty. It was, it was pretty amazing. And, and just the Manchester people were just so incredibly welcoming and, yeah um gracious and and you know I lived with you know people from Manchester and um it was just you know so it was great I didn't hang out with Americans you know I hung out with Mancunians you know and and so that was that was you know a real window and I was there for a year so it was a real window into life um you know in the UK rather than just hanging out with a bunch of American college students in London or something like that um
0: and you enjoyed playing
3: I, you know, I, I, you know, there, there was a joke, you know, that, you know, when you hang your laundry, it's, um, it's, it's wet and clean. And when you take it back in, it's, it's wet and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> Manchester is a lot cle- cleaner now than, uh, Oh yeah. But, so, fabulous but city. Also the other thing about it is that it just was so, um, centrally located, you yeah. know, so I took, I took my bike with me, um, so I rode my bike around the peak district all the time. Mm. I took it up to the highlands, you know, on the oh, train. Wow. Um, you know, traveling within the UK is is great when there's not a strike. Um <laughs> and so uh so yeah, it was a great place to be. And you know, really quick to down to Houston and and uh or up to Edinburgh or Glasgow or whatever, yeah. you know, So it's is it is it pretty great. And what what was the food scene like there when, when you were there? I mean, was, was there anything was, to speak of? T- chip shops, you know, oh, yeah. okay. really, really nothing, you know, I really nothing. Um, yeah. I, I, I ate a lot of sandwiches, you know, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of, um, it was actually interestingly, you know, in the UK, uh, a lot of your listeners will appreciate this, but, you know, it, it was either vegan or, um, you know, like bangers and mash, Right. you know, I had never been really exposed to so much vegetarian food and you know like half the people i knew were vegetarians oh. and half the you know so it was a lot of you know indian food um a lot of you know i don't know i don't even know vegetable stew type things yeah yeah, and then a lot of you know a lot of fish obviously fried fish you yeah, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much fish, a lot of fish and chips
0: yes Definitely. Oh,
3: well, as I was, you know, young and poor, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the other point as as well. You know, you you have to eat cheap cuts and cheap things and veg stews yeah. and right. all the rest of it. So yeah, I mean, there's a whole podcast waiting to happen about you seeing the Stone Roses and Duran Duran and
3: yeah, all these
0: things. They all need yeah. to talk about. On
3: Happy another. Mondays. Sorry, sorry, I trashed them. Uh, yeah, the I email, but, yeah, I was upset.
0: Yeah, I was pretty terrible. upset. About <laughs> So Traumatic going back then, experience. so so you did uni,
3: and then was there mm-hmm. many jobs before Union Square? Yeah, actually, that was so. I was I was working for a landscape architect down the street from Union Square Cafe, and I was working probably thirty hours a week, um, maybe twenty-four. I don't know, three or four days a week, and it wasn't quite enough to uh, to to sustain my lifestyle in <sighs> New York City. So I said, oh, I'll get a I'll get a part-time job. And as a kid, I'd I'd worked in restaurants. My mother was a chef. And so uh, I worked I, I worked in restaurants and um as her slave. Uh <laughs> and so I was very familiar with that. And and so I just sort of walked around and found this place called Union Square Cafe. Um Danny Meyer wasn't really famous at the time. He was mm. he was getting to be known within New York. Um and and I applied for a job as a host and and I started you know working as a host so that was that was like a year after i got to new york and then uh for about two years i did both I, I worked in a landscape architecture firm and at union square cafe and so um you know at a certain point i had to really make this decision like which is it going to be um because you know i was in my mid-20s then and mm-hmm. and and so i um I chose restaurants and and it wasn't that I chose restaurants as much as I chose that restaurant. Um, right. I thought, you know, the people were, uh, just incredible and, and, you know, welcoming, but also really competitive, which I, I loved. Um, and, uh, it, you can be, you know, really nice and competitive at the same time. And, yeah. uh, and I just loved what I was learning and I didn't love what I was learning as, as much in my, you know, sort of chosen profession. And so I sort of, you know, chose, I, you know, I spoke to the general manager at the time and, and said, Hey, can I, uh, you know, can I stay, you know, I'd like to grow with this company. And, and as soon as you do that in life, so many, as soon as you commit, you, you proclaim your commitment, things start to happen. And, um, it was around the time Gramercy Tavern was about to open, which was Danny's, uh, second restaurant. He opened that with Tom Colicchio and, um, because of that, some of the people moved on over to Gramercy Tavern, and some people got promoted at Union Square Cafe. And so I benefited from that, and I became a manager and, and I became the lunch manager um, at, at Union Square, which meant I was at the front door of this sort of private club is kind of what it felt yeah. like. Um, and that was just tremendous. I mean, I, to to be because Danny was usually at the front door. And then when Gramercy opened, you know, with an opening, you know, obviously, the owner needs to give that place a lot of attention. And so it was it was just it was pretty amazing to be at the front door of union square cafe i mean i was there at the front door for a total of nine years which is wow. pretty awesome you know even as you know going from host to general manager um it was pretty i just i just loved it and and you know so much of it is that you get what you give and we were always a really nice place for people you know meaning we we were nice to people yeah and you know a lot of celebrities loved us because like we never made a big deal about them yeah like sunday night was was the best because so many regulars came in in fact um you i just thought of this rick okazic uh you from the cars yeah i don't know do you do you remember yeah yeah he, he was a regular on wow. sunday nights you know and and you know a lot of you know you know rolling stones when they were in town they would hang out there bono and you know because he was always doing something in New York for some, yeah. either music or political reasons. Yeah,
0: yeah, charity. You know?
3: and so it was just fun to, to just be like, "Hello, sir, nice to have you here," and as opposed to, "Oh my God, that's yeah, Julia Roberts or whatever." You know, that's, you know, it's like, it was, and I loved learning that because that was very me. I thought because mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound rude, but. I didn't really care i cared about them as people i didn't really care that they were famous i yeah. really didn't you know like it didn't impress me yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, but if they were really talented i thought you know like that's great and somehow you know i i absorbed that vibe from you know the owners and and it was just such a fun place to work yeah. and so likewise if you were a tourist from in the middle of nowhere we would treat you like a celebrity you know yeah and and i just i just loved that and i love that whole ethos and um i really wanted to stay and then lead you know that into the future
0: and just in terms of the way you did that i mean where things like you know enlightened hospitality sort of was that around at the time you know the make it so, nice thing and all that so
3: yeah so uh make it nice was not danny that was uh that was that was one of his proteges oh was uh, it yeah 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 so um <clears throat> so Enlightened Hospitality became a thing when Danny and the company were growing. Mm. Um, they wanted to make sure that the culture of USHG was sort of codified. Yeah. So as they went from one restaurant to two and then two to to four and then four to six, um, they wanted to make sure that there was a way a vocabulary um, to use and 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 we really felt that with the opening of Gramercy when we went from one restaurant to two it was it was really hard, yeah. um because I think we thought or you know the leadership because I, I was a junior person at that time, thought oh it's just another restaurant, mm. and and it wasn't at all and and the opening of Gramercy was was pretty rough you know and and um why, why so, was it rough? Because I, I as an outsider because I wasn't part of the opening of Gramercy but I I think maybe the um. You know, there's times when when you feel in life that you can just work harder and things Mm -hmm. will get better. Mm -hmm. And and I think they needed to kind of step back and say, okay, what's different about this? What do we want to keep from Union Square Cafe? Mm -hmm. What do we want to be unique to Gramercy Tavern? Mm -hmm. And what is the culture of this thing? You know, it wasn't called Union Square Hospitality Group at the time. It was just Union Square Cafe and Gramercy Tavern. And so I think they're probably, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? I mean, I I wouldn't... uh, I'm not faulting them for that, but I, looking back, you know, years later, I think they sort of just assumed they could sort of put their nose to the grindstone and and work harder and everything would be fine yeah. as opposed to getting alignment first. Um, and I think that was, you know, that was a challenge. Um, and so now when I, you know, when I work with clients, I say, you know, okay, how much of this do you want to keep? How much of that is different? You know, do you want to take this system? And bring it to the other place do you want to take this philosophy and take it to the other place um and those are decisions that it's it's way better to decide hmm. you know six months in advance uh rather than in the middle of opening when really you're trying to make sure the ice machine works
0: yeah, yeah yeah and and what, um, what what
3: were the things then what
0: were the things that you wanted to keep that that became union square. So
3: really and that's that's really where enlightened hospitality came in and, uh-huh. and so i remember i remember the general manager of um union square cafe at the time i think i was you know i was a manager he said oh you know we're gonna start talking about this thing called enlightened hospitality we just had this little meeting and 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 really it was it was sort of uh prioritizing the stakeholders mm. of what this business is all about and at ushg um It was, you know, the stakeholders were, you know, the team, uh, which we said was each other, um, the, uh, the, the guests. And this was, it was in descending order. That was the idea, you know, the team, the guests, the community, um, the purveyors or the vendors, and then the investors. And then, you know, it was kind of written as a virtuous cycle. Um, and so, you know, when I ultimately went to go open Blue Smoke, which I'm going to guess we'll talk about a little bit, yeah. um, we we actually used that. It was, it was right around the time in Latin hospitality was kind of getting, you know, we were trying it out, you know, yeah, like we were yeah, yeah, all getting used to the language. Um, and it, we would say, okay, if we make a decision, we need to make sure we run it through this filter. How does it impact the guests? Sorry, how does it impact the staff? How does it impact the guests? How does it impact the community? the purveyors and the investors and and it was a really great sort of prism or i don't know filter or whatever you want to call it um to really focus our thoughts yeah and if we you know and sometimes it'd be like well this is really good for one two and three but not so good for four and five do we still do it it didn't mean we didn't necessarily do something but at least we then had to kind of like publicly proclaim okay this is why we're making this decision and it was a good way to help us justify things. Um, and, and I think that can kind of transcend a lot of things, not just running a business, you know, it could be your life values Does this, you know, align with my life values. And, um, and, uh, so I think that it was really good. And, you know, having then lived with that for 20 years, which is, which is pretty great afterwards, I could tell you that it worked, you know? Um, and I think, you know, you pick yours, you know, your, you know, non-negotiables, whatever, you know, sometimes yeah. people call it their North star or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's great. It's, it's great to have. Definitely. And was
0: there like values you were also living as, mm-hmm. as union square hospitality group as yeah, well? You yeah,
3: know? there were, yeah. Um, there were, uh, there were a series of family values and, and I'll say that they've changed, uh, over, you know, over the years, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and which I think is also good, you know, you should question and, and, you know, change things, you know, and, and also they were, it was like, sort of like how we, uh, you know, Danny, you, you may have heard this expression, the 51%. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it, it, and I know, you know, with your hospitality rising, I think that's something that is, uh, you know, hiring is such, such a big, you know, an important component, uh, always, always has been, and certainly is pretty acute now. But we would also have, you know, sort of thoughts about the type of people we want to hire um, in terms of, you know, their curious intelligence was one of our things, Um, you know, their work ethic, their genuine desire to make people happy. um, You know, their self awareness, uh, you know, and so things like that really were um, important as we, you know, tried to feel the team, you know, and so. Yeah, I mean all that stuff worked and and it and it was great to then sort of hone it and and use it you know in different sort of sectors of the dining, you know. So in light hospitality, you know, worked in fine dining, but it also worked in quick service. It worked at Shake Shack, you know, where, you know, so like if if a philosophy or or a method works um it can become universal and and I think that's what's really pretty special. Um it might manifest itself differently. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uniform might be different or the price or the what well, how the plate looks might be different. But, yeah. you know, you should be able to feel, you know, the philosophy of that place in, you know, in that food you're eating, I believe. And just thinking about Danny for
0: a second, I mean, obviously,
3: he's, you know,
0: internationally known and, and, and lauded and all these things. I mean, were mm-hmm. there four or five things that you picked up from him, you know, just in terms of, how to be a leader and you
3: know and and things that you carry for the rest of your life absolutely yeah i mean i think it's funny we were talking about gary v before because Mm -hmm. you know danny um you know the glass is three quarters full you know i think that's you know it's not half full you know yeah and and i i think just living with the sense of abundance and um you know he he used this term a lot which um it really became baked into ushg speak was the charitable assumption Uh um and and basically that's you know giving people the benefit of the doubt you know and i just think the way he entered a conversation whether it was with a lawyer negotiating a lease or with an employee he was he he was promoting or an employee he was disciplining it was my assumption is that the person sitting on the other side of the table is not out to screw me yeah and so I'm just gonna enter the conversation with that sort of spirit. Yeah. And that's gonna make me um more relaxed and it's gonna make them more relaxed. Yeah. And and we're gonna sit side by side or face to face and we're gonna get through this, you know, mm. again, whether it's a celebration or, you know, a challenge. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so I think that's one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um Also, I think the thing, uh, you know, I kind of briefly mentioned it before is that you can be really competitive Mm. and still be cordial, Mm. you know? So it's, it's funny because I, you know, I, I think about this a lot is that I don't need to be competitive against anyone else. I need to be competitive against myself, I guess. And like, if I'm improving, I believe that even if I started out terribly in a thing, whatever it is, whether it's my fitness whether it's, you know, um, my consulting business, you know, uh, whether it's my, you know, LinkedIn profile, right. If, if I kind of, you just mentioned, you know, if I go from 800 followers to 850 followers, that's a step in the right direction. Even if my goal is 25,000 followers. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't need to crush anyone else to make Mm. that happen. And I I actually don't believe that the pie, that it's a zero sum game, you know, I do believe the pie can get bigger. And that is something that I actually grew up with, but really seeing it in the business, seeing it in business and hearing Danny just, just, you know, the pie will get bigger, the pie will get bigger. It's okay. You know, all boats rise with the tide or, you know, that's said differently around the world, you know, and just that sense of optimism really helped me a lot. I was always a very optimistic person. But to see that it actually worked, Mm. was pretty cool. Um, And it was especially cool. And, you know, we really would see that, um, you know, you know, when things were really bad. So Mm -hmm. when 9-11 happened in, in, uh, you know, obviously in New York, um, when, you know, we've had hurricanes, you know, COVID, the world supported us Mm. because we had supported them. Yeah. And that includes our peers, mm-hmm. you know, because we never had to stomp on anyone else even yeah. as we became, you know, famous. Yeah. You know. Um, and I just thought that was really, really, really just just inspiring, you know, to to grow up in that. You know, I was 25 when I was when I started that in that company, you know, like yeah. to sort of see that like in the early part of my career, it just really made a big impact on me.
0: Well, it's almost like having good parents or bad parents in a way mm-hmm. and you know i've been in so many toxic cultures and toxic situations that right. does start to rub off on you you know
3: and right. and i've seen people change because of yeah. it but but i do believe you should be competitive i mean oh, yeah this, you know but but just like and, and that goes back to that you know the earlier part where you know like wake up and do something productive yeah yeah you know, like you know and i think that's that's really important you know and, and i i think as you know we all have gifts and yep. it's it's a real shame if we don't share our gifts whatever they are yeah. you know whether you're good at math or you're good at speaking or you're good at gardening i don't care what it is but yeah. you know somehow share those gifts with the world and make the world better I, yeah it's to me it's it's like a real shame if you don't yeah no that that,
0: that makes total sense so then from there you know being the manager and being Bono's best mate and all these things. Yeah. He's very short. That's what I, I really I realized how
3: short he's he's so much shorter than I was. I looked down. Is yeah. he got yeah. the old Cuban heels on? Is it No, he, no, he, this is way before this is like the military phase. You know, oh, okay. This is all like he was always seen like uh you know, like military uh fatigues, that kind of thing. Oh you know, this okay. is this is the uh you know, this is the nineties. Yeah, like, he, hadn't yeah, yeah. All, he hadn't gotten all uh you know crazy yet.
0: well his his son's got a band at the moment who are very worth checking out i think they're called in inhaler i think but no they're they're very good yeah yeah, they're excellent um and then just thinking about leadership and all that before we go into this you know the brand creation side i guess just having worked in american businesses i feel that american businesses are better at direct communication in terms of like radical candor and i think that people are better at Taking it as well I yeah think, i agree i agree you know and how how do you go about that like out out, out in america and you know and you get any tips for people that need to have some you know to use the, the book's name radical candor with their teams right. to to get them better because it's a very difficult situation to be in
3: yeah i i think this is a uh, you know as part of my executive coaching uh job um i have some clients right now uh-huh and and um, you know, one of the things that I try to understand from people is what their worldview is. Mm. And going back to the thing that I was just talking about with Danny, if your worldview is is that everyone is making mistakes and whenever they mess up, it somehow is bad for you. Uh-huh. Y- you will not enter a conversation believing that believing that there is going to be a positive outcome. Uh And so where I'm going with this is that if you believe in the, in your heart that everyone has human potential, right? Uh Has potential. You will see it as an investment to help this person get better. Uh And so if that's your frame of mind, you would, you would say you're doing a disservice by not talking to them and giving them the gift of your honesty. Okay. Now, you might think this is just American mumbo jumbo, but I believe this in my heart. Yeah. That if you give people feedback and you give them feedback often, Mm. whatever you say, whether it's positive or um, I would say constructive, not Mm. negative, whatever you say will be within the context of a lot of feedback. So when you do tell them that they've made a mistake, or you bring it you know hey this mistake cost us money or or you know I, i'm really i don't appreciate how you spoke to that person mm. it's within the context of you also saying hey thanks for doing a good good job on that spreadsheet or i really love that cocktail you make thank you for that recipe may i have it you know yeah. um whereas if you only speak to your people at you know big talks you know big you know like public things yeah and then you you know tell them at their annual review that they've been you know they've been a terrible employee for the past six months that's shame on you you know like that's 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 totally inappropriate and so i believe that feedback is a gift i know i feel like i've used that word a hundred times already but i really believe that and so since i believe that i'm not afraid of talking to people yeah and and you know we used to have a thing at union square cafe which is really funny Is, you know, when you're the food runner and you're carrying like a bunch of plates or whatever, or you're bussing a table, you know, you're clearing a table and you have, we would actually go up to each other and like lean, lean into each other's ear and go, Hey, nice carry kid.
1: Or something Ah. like that.
3: Carry, you know, like they're carrying plates. Yeah. And it was just like this little shot of dopamine that we would get like, yeah, you're right. I, I am, I am clearing these dirty dishes and I am a rock star. And we were. I mean, it was crazy how many times we would say that during the night. Or, uh, oh wow, that, that cocktail looks beautiful. Or, wow, you just carried, you know, you just carried five martinis. Like that's pretty amazing how you did yeah. that. Um, um and it was so addictive because then it created this virtual virtuous cycle of of just support. Yeah. And when you did a terrible job and you you know, made not even made a mistake, but like, where you kind of slacked and you come and maybe didn't. it's like, Hey, bro, we, uh, we always put a spoon with the Parmesan, you know, like, and is it really the end of the world that you forgot the spoon with the Parmesan? No, but it's someone, it's someone yeah. saying, Hey, I'm paying attention to you. Yeah. And that was your colleagues. That wasn't the manager. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I hope we talk about it a little bit, but in, you know, I worked on a book with uh, a researcher at Cornell, and that's exactly the stuff that keeps people in their jobs. Yeah. That coworker support is like the research shows, like what we hear is your manager is the reason you stay. Yeah. Your manager is the reason you leave. Yeah. Your coworkers are the reason you stay. And so if that manager or that leader or that owner or whatever has created this environment, where the team has sort of agency and they can they can and they have some autonomy that's why people stay in their jobs
0: yeah i mean I'm, that makes total sense and I, I think in the uk we're very i mean just the companies i've experienced in me are very guilty of only when it's bad
3: or no way you can't do that
0: and and co-workers definitely not you know sort of Helping each other uh, in that way, I, I think that's a massive point for anyone listening, which is, you know, not just the managers have the mandate to keep each other in check in right. both a positive and, and you know, sort of helpful way. And then uh, as a manager, I think I was a pretty terrible manager, if I'm honest, you know, when I've led businesses, whatever, and, and I was the old shit sandwich, you know? So I was the yeah. old. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. man, you look great today. <laughs> All right. This was rubbish. But on the plus side, blah blah blah, you know? <laughs> and I just was so guilty of that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, I hate, and I hate confrontation. Like I'm the worst right. at confrontation. I just shy away from all right. of it. Um,
3: but I think most of us do. But yeah. if you if you can sort of lower your threshold for what is hard, what is difficult, yeah, start with, you know, start with some little compliments that you have to believe though. If you really believe you're the only, you're God's gift to whatever, and you're the only good person in the world, then you are going to, like, you shouldn't be leading people. Yeah. Like, you just shouldn't. Be. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if you believe, you know, look, I know people invested in me when I was doing stupid stuff in my, you know, youth yeah. and, in, you know, I mean, I had, I had a professor in college uh, in university say, hey, um, I know you're a smart kid and I bet you think you're fooling me. But I can tell you're not doing the work, so, uh, you know, I gave you whatever grade on this one. The next one I'm going to be a lot harder on you. Yeah, I appreciated. It. I was I was 18, 19 years old. I appreciated that so much because she was 100% right. I yeah. could fake it, you know, in my first year of university. <laughs> yeah. But my second year it got really hard, and I was like, I said, okay. So I appreciated yeah. that because yeah. otherwise I just would have done terribly. Um, and she wasn't rude at all. She just yeah. said, Listen, I'm I'm up here working. I need you to respect me and respect the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I appreciated that. Nice. So you moving on
0: then into brand creation, co-founding, mm-hmm. all yeah. these things. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. You must be yeah, pretty pleased with it, right? So yeah. um, which yeah. was which was the first out of the you involved so in bl- three?
3: Was it blue, three? blue smoke? Blue smoke was first, but mm. you know, blue smoke was very much um Danny, uh, Danny's vision, he grew up in the Midwest where, you know, eating barbecue is, you know, barbecue is this smoked meats and, and you know, um, and it's a, it's a whole culture uh, in the United States. And, and um, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in the Northeast, uh, you know, so I, I didn't grow up with any of that stuff, you know, um, and so that was very much his and, and it was sort of my job to help uh, uh, along with, you know, my the chef um, to sort of execute his vision. Mm. um and that was really special and i think you know what that was for me where it really clicked that a brand is more than the logo you know uh or the name you know i remember coming up with the name and i had nothing to do with like i had no say whatsoever i was literally sitting in all the meetings but it was pretty clear i had no say you know there were five owners and i was not one of them you know but i was there for all of it so it was so powerful to you know working on the logo and, and since I had a design background, it was, it was really great where I could like, I actually, you know, it was motivating for me, not scary, you know? Yeah. Um, and so just seeing that and seeing it come to life and, and, you know, what does this mean if we do this and what does it mean if we do that? Um, and that went really, you know, starting with things like the logo and the name, but right down to, you know, the cutlery we chose and and the plates and the tabletops and, and yeah. the music. I mean, the music of blue smoke was like the most fun thing to ever do because what we wanted to do is we wanted it to be a place where you could have a date, um, but you could take your kids and you could have a business meeting. You know, so, and, and you know, being barbecue, um, we also wanted to be pure, uh, sort of um, true to what barbecue is. You know, barbecue is an African-American tradition, Hmm. right? So at least 50 or 75% of our playlist was, African American, you know, soul, blues, jazz, um, hip-hop, well, a little bit. Hip hop is tough in a big restaurant sometimes. Yeah. Um, um, but it was it was that. And then sort of mixed in with things like, you know, country music and then just, you know, rock and roll, you know, yeah, which cause obviously like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, they're actually blues bands who are yeah. copying, right? You know what I mean? So so it was it was but that was fun. I mean, that took us hours. And that's something I just really just loved. And people always said, wow, your playlist is so great. And, you know, and this was back when we had CDs. So we had like this yeah. big CD changer, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was great. You know, um, we actually had a jukebox in in the place, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Um, but it was just I just thought that was just like an incredible. Um, just ex- it was like a, a masterclass for me in yeah. in what it means to create a brand. Um, and since the pressure wasn't all on me, yeah, I almost had more um, I don't know, I was I was br- more brave, I guess yeah yeah, yeah. you know, and trying things um yeah. and you know, we fell on our face, but you know, there were things that Danny had a super clear vision on about what that brand was and and I'll give you an example um if you've ever you know, if you've ever been out to a sporting event and you know there's a a, a big uh, cooler, I don't know if you call them coolers, you know, pull a beer, you know, cans yeah, of beer. Yeah. And, you know, or bottle the beer, you know, and you pull the bottle of beer out and, and like the, the, um, the label maybe slides Slip down. Off. Bit, yeah. Right. And so Danny said to me, I want that experience at Blue Smoke. So work with the architect and figure out a way where you can have that. And so what the architect did was he, he created these huge bins like the not not sorry these huge uh, painters um that were you know stainless steel with drains and we would have behind the bar about a hundred beers like popping out of this like little pebble ice wow and so that look was like you're at a party you know you're at a you're at a you're at a weekend picnic you know you're at a and
0: a barbecue in someone's yard
3: exactly you know and so that was that was a really important thing to him. Like it was so clear exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, I, since I was new at the time, or you're not new, but like, I was like, Oh God, Danny, it's going to be such a mess. He's like, <laughs> this is very important to me. Uh, Please make it happen. I was like, uh, okay, of course, you know. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, you know, Blue Smoke did was doing so well that um, the bar program was just fantastic. And, yeah. Um, but we were, we were so busy. I mean, we were serving a thousand people a day and, and it's really hard to have, you know, specialty cocktails that are, you know, little, you know, five bottle pickups and things like that. So we, um, ended up creating a bar and that was, that was really sort of my, you know, the thing that I really, you know, created. And that was called porch light, which at one point, speaking of branding, um, I worked with uh, we had a chief marketing officer at the time and uh, named Felicia and 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 we were discussing what to call it. And at one point it was called blue smoke something, you know, and she said, I really would like to recommend that you don't call it blue smoke something Uh because that I believe is going to sort of hold you back from what you want to do at this new place mm-hmm. and so we actually went through this exercise and and you know what is the ethos of of blue smoke what is what is integral to the spirit of blue smoke and and we ended up coming around and one of my favorite words or that sort of thought was the word porch it's a lovely world like you know it's like you're, you're sitting and and porches are really important in the united states and architecture and you know what happens on a porch and and so I was like, hey, Danny, can we have the word porch in it? He's like, I love the word porch. Let's do it. And he's like, but it has to be something else. And so um, I contributed the word porch uh-huh. and he contributed the word light Great. and and, you know, the idea of a porch light, which, you know, beckons you home Um, and you, you know, you know, your home when you see your porch light, you know, whether yeah. you're driving up in your car or, or, you know, coming back from the airport or whatever. Um. And, you know, that was sort of the imagery that inspired us. Yeah. Um, and, and that was just like, that was a pure, like incredible experience because we had no pressure. It was, it was a bar. Yeah, We had never done a bar. So there was pressure like, oh, Danny Meyer is creating a bar. But um, I don't know, there was something really beautiful about it that we just had, I had, so much free reign to 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 do whatever i wanted um with the support of this incredible company you know um and i love that it wasn't fine dining you know that it isn't fine dining, you know it it was a place that you could go and just you know talk about music i mean we just like the playlist there we started adding a lot of hip-hop and things like that you know the, the lighting was really low and um but you know ultimately if you look at the dna if you pay attention it's very clear that blue smoke and portside are connected but Mm. they don't have to be you know um and that's what i think is really special about it so it's a brand extension that only probably 10 percent of the population would even figure out as a brand extension yeah and i I think that's great i think that's special and and blue smoke how many covers was that we were serving about a thousand a day um Mm. uh you know so it had about 200 300 seats uh-huh. yeah and then what
0: roughly was it doing you know was it like a in real... terms of revenue
3: yeah I don't know if I can say that oh that's okay a private company but yeah but yeah. I would I would say that a business like that would probably do you know anywhere from like eight to twelve million dollars yeah wow yeah
0: yeah yeah well wow, that would that would that would please a lot of people in the UK yeah if places like, were doing that you know
3: yeah and and you know honestly you know the the um it was also a pretty efficient business, which was great uh-huh. because we didn't have uh, porch light is by far USHG's most efficient business. Um, yeah. because, um, if you can lower the, the guest expectation in terms of some of the bells and whistles, yeah, you know, you don't have to have the most expensive cutlery or the most expensive wine glass. And, and, and if really what you're selling is an experience of like, let's just have a party. Yeah. Um, but you can still charge a a good amount because what's in the glass is still just as delicious. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, the, the team uniforms aren't as, you know, as fancy or whatever. Yeah. 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 You know, so you can save money in, in places that, um, don't matter, Yeah. you know, and, and you know, you, most of the, you know, with building a restaurant and bar or hotel, you know, most of the money's in the real estate and, and in the, you know, the the air conditioning system
0: yeah, know, things yeah,
3: like yeah. that anyway.
0: That people don't see really. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah the yeah, things yeah. that
3: people don't see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah. then um as you were sort of you know in you know Union Square, is there any other sort of projects you were working on
3: there? Yes. I mean, before so, were kind of yeah, so yeah, I, wor- I worked on I worked on several. Yeah, for for a couple of years I um I worked in something called uh Union Square Events which was uh-huh. talk about a rebranding. That was actually we we had a a catering company that that was struggling. Um, And um, the president of the of the company at the time said, Hey, you know, would you would you take a look at this, uh, at this company, I think they could use some of your insights. And he like said, Could you do some internal consulting? And I said, Sure, I'd love to do that. Um, And uh, what I did was, um, I had conversations with Danny and, and, you know, some of the other owners of USHG. And I, and, you know, I did a little report. And I said, Look, I don't know if it should be me, but this needs more than a consultant, you know, yeah. and and ultimately um I said, you know, may I lead this company? Uh and so for two years I kind of led a turnaround of of uh what was called Hudson Yards Catering. And then we we rebranded it, worked with a branding firm. Um, and it became Union Square Events. Um, and the reason we called it Union Square Events is to really tie it to Union Square Hospitality Group, which, yeah. like, as a marketing person, you're you're saying, duh. you know? wow! Well, well, you know,
0: you just never know with these things, do you? Yeah, you
3: know, you're kind of like, yeah. well, what impact does it have both ways? Right. As well. And so, you know, and so that all of a sudden, hell, oh, wow, Danny Meyer has a catering company. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we also had to really improve a lot of the processes you know the the sales process and the you know the execution process um and so you know we we went from losing a lot of money to you know really doing quite well at the end of the second year and and then you know i i really sort of handed the company off to you know people who had grown up in catering and who really understood you yeah. know how to execute um but that was you know that was really great um I also helped create a place called Cedric's, um, which is a, a bar. Um, is a, a name I came up with because it was named after um, a famous architect uh, um, who, it, which, who had inspired this place um, uh, where the where the bar was. Um, and that was that was another one that was really fun. Um, is it It's at a place called the Shed, which is a an arts uh, institution in here uh-huh. in New York City um and that was that was really fun and and that was more just like let's let's design it get it up and running create all the you know work with the designers and and you know sort of create everything and then leave you know and yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. that was pretty fun yeah that was nice that was fun. I'm, I'm getting
0: yeah. so inspired to get back to new york now <laughs> i'm just thinking yeah, there's do. so much to do start there's saving so your to... money yeah yeah well yeah christ there's that uh, well i'm, I'm yeah, going yeah. to be 50 in a few years so i can maybe tie there it in, in to my vegas trip and um, there you go so there's so many more questions we need to go through yeah. but i'm just thinking about time um, yeah. and and the poor listeners ears on me bleating on so what i was thinking about was It'd be really, really good, though, to talk about guest lecturing and the, the, the Cornell yeah. book. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and then we can go on to some fun stuff, and then I'll let you get back cool. to your life. Um, awesome. And enjoy right. your morning. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so guest lecturing, super cool. I've got real aspirations to do that myself. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're doing it at two of the finest institutions out there. So
3: that's a trip. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. It so is, I, yeah. How did all that come about? What well, what happened there? Really, you know, I mean, I think that just, you know, uh, since I worked for Danny, a lot of times people would reach out to, you know, the home office and say, you know, we want to do a tour of New York City of uh, your restaurants, you know, and and so one of the one of the professors at, at Cornell, you know, reached out and they put the person in touch with me, and I, I became. Yeah, you know, we became fast friends and and um, he actually is the person I co-authored the book with in the end, yeah. but that was in 2002 um, where he he said, you know, we want to go talk about how a restaurant gets opened. And so I spoke it was a grad bunch of grad students and, and I spoke to them. And then, you know, just other things I realized I enjoyed that um, and I was pretty good at it. And so I ultimately um, then got in touch or you know got involved with the people at the institute of culinary education in new york city and then one of those professors also is a professor at nyu and uh columbia university and so you know people just kept asking me to do it and i guess the students thought i wasn't you know a total loser so that was that was great <laughs> and you know next thing you know i was actually on the faculty at uh, both the institute of culinary education and i was an adjunct professor at, at um nyu Uh um and and you know all while having a full-time job so that was pretty hard but um uh it it was it was just great it was a really important part of I think my career and it helped Mm me uh just get better at sharing messages and it also made me a better manager I think and a better leader because I kept thinking, well, if I'm saying this stuff in front of this class, I should probably actually do it. Um, And I was (laughs) pretty good amount of integrity, but you know, it it was really good to, to, you know, like the intellectual part of it fed the operational part of it and, and vice versa. So I I just, I thought that was great. Um, And I'd written a couple of articles, I think for the Atlantic and, and, you know, some other publications. And uh, at one point, Uh, Alex Susskind, who's the, he's the associate Dean of the hotel school at Cornell, I said, you know, I I really want to write an article. And and he said, you know, would you have time to write a book? And I said, well, if you run the process and you just send me assignments, I could write a book. I said, I don't know anything about how to write a book or, you know, how that works. And he's like, no, I'll take, I'll work with, you know, the publisher and, and it was Cornell university press. So it was kind of, you know, made sense. Um, and the premise of the book is that he's a researcher. And so he works with a lot of uh, restaurant groups, um, you know, sort of working on their data, you know, whether it's their marketing or their guest intention to return or their technology, you know, so like, you know, big multinational uh, companies Mm -hmm. where when you make a change, it might make a 0.01% change. But when you have 38 or 52 or 500, yeah. Uh, restaurants that 0.1 you know really moves the needle uh mm. you know with the global company and i had no experience with that and so he said well what i'd love is i'd love to present some some research and then have you sort of opine on it yeah um and you're the sort of the man in the trenches and i'll be the researcher um presenting the data and, and i said that sounds fantastic you know mm, perfect and so um you know, I would read all the research papers, you know, uh, and then, you know, sort of talk about what that meant, you know, to me as an operator. Yeah. Um, so it's still very much a textbook, but it's kind of like a, the softer side of a textbook, you know, yeah. and it and it, and it has mostly, you know, it has a lot of universal um, appeal, I think, because if you can do it in a restaurant, you could do it in a bank, you could do it in a car dealership, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, for example, you know, if you're nice to your customer they're going to have a greater intention to return i don't know that's that may seem crazy yeah you know, uh you know but, i mean creating but, systems but, to make that happen
0: but yeah well i think that's exactly right and and you know it can't be underestimated and with that chain of command the, the intent might be there somewhere but actually that person serving that customer or guest at that moment with that moment of truth and all that like, it can go wrong. And then that's where it, right. you know, right. and, and even just going around Brighton the last few days and going out my, my daily walks and stuff and pick a different coffee shop, and whatever, the amount of heads down, I can't believe mm-hmm. you walk in a mm-hmm. coffee shop and it's just heads mm-hmm. down and you've kind of got to ask for their attention. you're like, come on yeah. guys, at least give yeah. me a hello,
3: would you? It's, it's amazing. You should mention that because I went to a coffee shop in my town That I'd only been to once before Mm. and it was just like they just I remember this from like a few months ago that they were just so really 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 friendly and I went there again with my girlfriend uh, this past weekend and when we walked in every single head turned and said hello there were five employees every single person said hello and I the first thing I thought was this is a system yeah this is not just people being nice yeah you know This was like two of the people literally turned to their heads. They had a bell on the door. They turned to their heads and they said, hello.
0: Uh, Did you like that or did you fault it it because it was a system?
3: No, I loved it. Yeah. My girlfriend, my girlfriend had no idea it was a system. Uh You know, and that's what I love. You know, like that's to me as a restaurant guy and a consultant, Uh, right? To me, I was thinking, I mean, maybe it wasn't a system. Maybe they just hire nice people and they're trained. I don't know. They somehow... No, to train for the bell, train for right, exactly you know Pavlovian, yeah, yeah. Songs, but yeah, But, um, but like to me, that's a simple system where yeah. you know, this is a coffee shop, they might have 10 employees total. I don't yeah. know, it's, it's a very tiny place. Um, but there was a line out the door, yeah, um, packed, just yeah. so busy. Um, and I just thought that was really, really, really impressive. Yeah, no,
0: I think that's cool, and a couple other things in the book as well um you know the, the sort of big highlights for me were and, and as you say it's a bit like the, but so hard to do you know just mm-hmm. having good people you know and how you find them yeah. Yeah. um you know have you got any thoughts on that like how you actually find the good people
3: i i do yeah so it's, it's actually interesting um so in the at, at the end of the book we talk about um you know people a lot mm. and and um interestingly, I just actually took a a course, um, at Cornell, uh, over the past couple of months, um, about, uh, hiring for diversity Uh and, and that's, you might think that those are unrelated things, but why I'm mentioning that is that the hiring for diversity course was really great at just talking about how the, um, hiring process starts when with your job postings, you know? um you know so it's not just it's not once the person sends in their res their cv right it's it's what are you saying to the world about your place you know so in this case we were talking about diversity you know where you know what's the picture of your employee are you only showing a certain type of employee right you know so there there was that but but way beyond that is what's the language that you're saying you know you you know what are the words that you're using um and in this case. Uh, We we're you know I read a bunch of case studies. They're talking about how um, women in tech is is a real a real challenge, right? So they're talking about how words, you know, have statistically proven you know that are more attractive to men than women, you know. Uh Um, And so you know they studied these are big tech companies where they just changing the language Uh on an ad that was going out you know, in social media or whatever vastly increased the number of women who applied. It didn't mean they took the jobs or whatever. And that, cause that's, you know, this is a, is a long course, but if you're saying things, you know, like rock stars, super, you know, Superman, um, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. highly competitive, you're going to get a bunch of dudes. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if you say collaborative, um, positive work environment, um, you know, become part of a team, you know, yeah. that will attract both men and women, you know, it's uh-huh. not like by attracting more women there, there are fewer men, yeah. you know? And, and so I think just, again, that's was very, that was very specific to diversity, but really I think, look at, look at what you're saying to the world, you know, yeah. if you are saying that you're elite and, you know, whatever top notch and michelin star you're going to get a certain type of person yeah. but if you're saying okay hey we might have a michelin star but come and grow with us and learn how to blah 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 you know that might attract someone who's been like i've never heard of michelin whatever that is that yeah. means nothing to me yeah. but i like the words that they used where they said you can grow your career and and we you know, we talk a lot about you know career development. That's really interesting. That might yeah. interest me. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I'm I'm really happy that you know the millennials, and I, I'm just really glad that after COVID, uh, after the lockdowns, people are are pickier. I, I think that's fantastic because yeah. I think a lot of people took jobs in toxic work environments because they're working for some chef or whatever who's famous. But no way. I don't think anyone should do that. I really don't and And I don't think anyone should make less than a living wage yeah. um and I think you know you might do an internship for you know a month or something, mm. but I don't think anyone should put up with abuse or no. or you know a wage that they can't you know sustain their life um and and then once people you know once people get there, I think it's really investing in people. You know, and and what that means is yes, your words, but also your deeds. You know, mm. what does your training look like? You know, are your people um optimistically saying, hey, that was that was pretty silly what you just did there, but let me let me show you the right way to do it? Or are they saying, you know, you're a jerk, you know, you're yeah. terrible, you know, you'll never amount to anything. And I've had that told to me, right? Yeah, me too. early in my career. Yeah. And and for some reason I kept going, you know, mm. but I think anyone, if someone said that to me right now, I'd be like, bye. I, I think the
0: fact now is, you know,
3: hopefully people
0: will call this out and and, and it will just grow from there. And I'm yeah. so excited about getting into uh, the millennial and the Gen Z and actually Gen A yeah. coming through yeah. and working with them and further positioning Hospitality Rising, for example, to, to be a lot more about the future of hospitality and, and how it should right. be. So I'm 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 super excited about that. Yeah. Um,
3: So So actually I just want to make a point. There there, not a point, but I just want to bring something up. There was there was a a, um there was a survey that was done. I think it was in the eighties or nineties. I mean, a really long time ago. And I think it was by McDonald's or Coca-Cola. It was like a a really big multinational firm. And they talked about um how the hospitality industry, you know, we we get people from everywhere. Right. High school grads, or they might have an MBA. You don't know. Yeah. And and I'm actually looking at my notes because there are the careerists who, you know, those are the people who go to college. They for this, you know, they went to hospitality school, but that's, you know, like the very, very sliver of people. And then on the other end, there's the misfits, the people who just ended up there and were like, oh, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it. Okay, But in between, there's there's two real key key groups. Um, Mm -hmm. There's the people who are undecided. And those are the people who are just curious, like, You know, I have a friend who works in a restaurant and I'm going to check this out, you know, and that person might work at McDonald's or they might work, work, you know, but there's something about it that they like. And they're like, huh, this is pretty cool. Mm. And then there's the passing throughs. And that's what I was. So passing through is someone who is using the hospitality industry to support their real dream. Mm. Right. So they want to be an actor. They want to be a writer. They want to, you know, they, they want to do something else. Comedian you know, they triathlete. want to be an athlete, a comedian, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. Any of those things. And so those are the people between the undecided and the passing throughs. Those are the people that I believe we need to really invest in Yeah, because they don't know, they don't know, but you, they will know in that first six, eight, 12 weeks, whether or not this is something that they might even be interested in doing for nine months. Yeah, And a lot of times we as leaders need to actively talk to the person. And, and you know, so let's say it's you. I'd say it's like, hey, Mark, you're really good at this stuff. Could we, do, would you like to learn more? Yeah. You know, and it's sort of like, you know, you're, you're kind of like looking for a little bit of a religious conversion. You know, like, <laughs> I know you're, I know you're an actor. Yeah. I want to let you know that there's opportunity here and I know you're pursuing your dream Yeah. and I, I want the best for you there, but I just want to say that I would love to have you grow with our company. And, yeah. and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of runway left and you can still pursue your, your acting thing. And I'm going to make that possible for you. Yeah. And I believe we need to really be explicit. And that goes back to your thing about, you know, um, candor, you know, to me, those are, you know two sides of the same coin yeah where you need to tell people when you want to you know you see something amazing that they're doing as yeah. much as something that they need to improve on yeah
0: it's, it's one of the the best things about my job is when when i get to work with gms and ems and, and I, I spot the superstars and i just go mm-hmm. and i really just kind of snuggle up to them a bit and just go yeah man you're going to go far and and, and i think yeah. you're right like there is that huge group of people which is I don't know what I want to do in my life yet right so so let them know what they
3: can do in their life
0: yeah yeah or as you say let's support you while you have your dream and you know you you might make it you might not you might make it another way but we're here for you while you do while you figure it out right you know right I think that's fantastic right last couple of questions then we'll we'll go quick fire we'll go quick fire um, I'm gonna mess up. And then I'll let you go. So uh, this is the mark out of ten questions. Uh, so shit. favorite city to eat in?
3: I would say Barcelona. Ooh, okay, Barcelona. I, I have to say I love London too, uh-huh. but I figured that would be too too easy. To Everyone says London. London. Yeah, Everyone, I yeah. think Barcelona. Um, yeah. I'm going to stick with Barcelona. Okay. Uh, why? Is there any reason? Uh, because great bars, uh-huh. great casual restaurants, uh-huh. great really fancy restaurants, uh-huh. great markets. I think, you know, I mean, the weather's great. You know, that's you can amazing. eat outside, you know. So that's, I'm going to stick with that. That sounds good. Uh, favorite hotel so this was a really tough one because I have three and they're really, 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 really different. Okay. So one is the little Nell in Aspen, which is a super fancy, you know, thousand dollar a night kind of situation. Ooh, nice. Um, it's at the foot it's in, it's in the Rocky mountains. It's, um, just really beautiful. One is called the Hose- hotel. St. Beuve in the six arrondies in um in paris it's a uh-huh. it's near the luxembourg gardens really tiny hotel maybe 12 rooms right and then one isn't really technically a hotel it's called the dolphin beach house uh-huh. it's in clifton uh, on the west coast of um of ireland uh-huh. and it's it's in it kind of like an inn oh i should i just thought of another one aha uh-huh. okay valley maloo valley right. maloo which is ah uh, just so great on the farm you know, you could eat the four different types of butter they serve. Wow. Butter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, butter. Sorry, so I did a terrible answer because I did too many, but I, I'm, you know, I might not be able to answer one of the other ones. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, and then favorite coffee shop. Yeah, I don't. Not I don't so really much. One. I'm sorry. No? There was it's funny. There was one when uh, I, I was working with World Central Kitchen in Poland, and I, there was a place. I stayed in a place called Przemysl, Poland. Uh-huh. And um, there was a really incredible coffee shop there, but I, I honestly can't remember that. Oh, it's called Cardamom. Ah, oh, lovely. So if you're ever really in Pocesno, Poland, uh, that's your place. Great. I look at.
0: I will be just as I'm <laughs> leaving. I'll go. Damn it! I
3: forgot to go to the. Yeah. Thing. yeah.
0: Um, favorite bar pub. Barstroke pub.
3: I mean, I, I mean, is it weird to say porch light? I nope. mean, I mean, it's it's great. and it's and honestly it's still great samantha reiner the general manager there she's doing an incredible job and and uh and you know that's my baby and i and i think it's i just think it's fantastic that's
0: a nice thing though you know yeah Um, i think
3: that you still love it that's good yeah a year later i still love it so that's good
0: that's good favorite restaurant
3: so this is another difficult there's there's a place called in in new york called blue hill um, uh-huh. and it's, a and near me where I live, I, it's called Blue Hill at Stone Barnes. It's, uh, the chef I is called this. Dan Barber. I know that. Yeah, it, yeah, It's a, just a really, it's, I, I take a walk there probably twice a week. It's, it's right near where I live in, in the rural area of New York. Um, and that's fantastic. And then, uh, I was thinking about another place in, uh, Madrid called, uh, Sala de Despiese, despiece, uh-huh. um, which is, it's, a I I think it's a Michelin star. It's like a counter, you know, it's like. Uh-huh. 15 seats or whatever is pretty fancy pretty great but it's like it looks like a bar which is uh-huh. which is pretty great yeah that's super cool okay
0: well listen i'll love you and leave you i will let you get back to stuff um Thank you. hopefully we don't leave it a year to catch up again yeah um, i yeah, know we're always on email to, and stuff
3: i'll have to find a reason to get to the uk and uh take a take a walk on a I, I, I walk on the beach with you mark yes come to <laughs> me, Brian. although it's pebbles it's not sand which is a bit
0: disappointing okay so uh, I'll, yeah, I'll bring my wellies we'll walk on the promenade maybe but all yeah right. i'll show you some okay. sights down here but listen thanks right, so much for all your time and um thank you we'll catch up soon all right take care of yourself thanks. so there you have it what a fantastic chat and i'm guessing you took quite a lot from that i certainly did From Mark Maynard of Maynard Consulting. Do check out his website, so just put Maynard Consulting into Google or your favourite search engine and have a wee mooch about, but I'd say congratulations. I think the branding looks great, the photos look great, the website looks great. So, yeah, hopefully you could maybe get in touch with Mark and he could help your business get to the heights that he saw with Union Square Hospitality Group and others. So that's Mark Maynard, who was... Managing partner, co-founder, director of Ops at Union Square Hospitality Group, lecturer at Cornell University and New York University, and now the chief at Maynard Consulting. So I wish him well, as I'm sure you all do, in his new venture. Again, I'm sure he'll pass on many of his tips and tricks from what it's like to be a consultant and starting afresh on LinkedIn. So do give him a wee follow and yeah, just watch his journey with interest. Thank you, Mark. This podcast is sponsored by Vitamojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. Just visit VitaMojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's VitaMojo.com forward slash supersonic Thanks also to our silver partners HDI, Save by Robots and Airship and Toggle for their support as this podcast would not be possible without all of our partners So this is me, Mark McSee signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand BOOM!